Hello and welcome to the latest episode in the Oz Movie Geek podcast. I'm your host, Pado. Today we'll be doing something a little different. So as I mentioned in my last couple of podcasts, we'll be doing an, a review and preview of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, starting with Fellowship of the Ring, working our way to Return of the King, and then maybe eventually exploring other entries into the Middle-Earth saga with the Hobbit trilogy as well. But starting first of all with um, the Lord of the Rings, where it all started, I'm joined today by my lovely girlfriend, Jess. Hello, Jess. Hello, Mr. Oz Movie Geek. So what we'll be doing is to start things off. So Jess is going to give an overview of what she already knows of Lord of the Rings. Then we're going to, I guess, gradually move into a bit of a discussion there. So we have some points we want to talk about first. And then after that, we'll start to go into, I guess, more plot-centric details um, in a bit more of a preview. So no spoilers in this entry thus far, as we're doing more of a preview of what we first understand of Lord of the Rings, uh, what Lord of the Rings is and how it came to be. And I guess that's where the central discussion will be coming from. So Let's start off with, um, Jess is a huge fan of the Harry Potter saga, so her fantasy um, appetite was dampened a bit more with the Harry Potter saga, um, loves the books, loves the movies, and she's never lo- watched any of the Lord of the Rings, so Jess, why haven't you watched Lord of the Rings? Um, I suppose I thought they were just too long. I have three brothers who were not interested in watching any of those movies either, so we just basically grew up with Harry Potter. And, yeah, didn't really come across the Law of the Rings. Um, my youngest brother did read the books. Um, but, yeah, we just never watched them as kids. So I suppose that's why now I'm interested. Well, my, I guess, my um, love for the Lord of the Rings saga came, it, it's not a liter- literary love. I haven't read the books. I have read The Hobbit, but that was quite a while ago. And I haven't read the Lord of the Rings um, books. It's just something I've never done. But I'm very fond of the movies. Uh, my, I, I guess, um, exploration first into Middle-earth was with my nan. So originally my nan, who was a huge Lord of the Rings fan, she was a fan of the books, absolutely adored the movies, uh, owned them all on VHS. And I remember just being completely enamoured by looking at those VHS copies because they had such beautiful artwork. And I was always excited to check them out, but it took ages until I actually first watched them. Um, and it wasn't until I was about, I think, 14 years old when I first watched them and I think when I could actually appreciate them. They were on Go. For those who aren't in Australia, Go is a uh, just a, a free-to-air TV station. So I watched just the original theatrical cuts um, and I watched them with my dad and that was some nearly 10 years ago now. Uh, and now watching them, I haven't seen them for probably since my first year of university, so about five years now uh, since I've seen them. And I watched the extended cuts. So that's what Jess and I will be doing. We'll be watching the extended cuts so we really get into Lord of the Rings. So... Let's start with, what do you know about Lord of the Rings, Jess? Uh, not very much, but I have heard a couple of different things and, you know, from yourself, you're always pointing out characters and they play what in different movies. So basically all I know is that there must be a ring. Um, I've seen a weird goblin-looking thing called Gollum with the whole, my precious, I know about that and those memes. Um There is a Dumbledore-looking guy with the long beard. I think he's a wizard, but I'm not quite sure, called Gandalf. Um, And he says that you shall not pass because that's a meme as well. Um, I know that there are three three Lord of the Rings movies and then I think three or four Hobbit movies. Um, And I went to Hobbit Town when I was in New Zealand, so I know a little bit about, like, their little nook things that they live in and 
um, that they're going on a journey or something like that. Um, I know about Frodo with the ears and the long hair. And um, I know that they're super long movies, like over three hours, and that they're books. And some of my friends have actually said that Lord of the Rings is better than Harry Potter, which I am sceptical about. Um, Or Orlando Bloom is in it. Legless, legless. (laughs) Um, And they speak a language that um, that the book writer wrote and created himself. So that's pretty impressive. And I think they're all going on a journey about this ring or to find the ring. What I'm assuming is that the goblin dude stole the ring and the wizard man is trying to get it back. That's that's my theory. So you're very wrong. Um, But (laughs) that is a a sound knowledge, I suppose, because of uh, the way Lord of the Rings has populated pop culture now for... Since its original release date, and I guess it is the ultimate fan trilogy. I, I mean, we have Star Wars, we have Harry Potter, we have different franchises, but Lord of the Rings is something that fans unanimously just really that they love. It's not something that's very divisive. I think those who like the books love the movies, and vice versa. So it's one of those things. Even Game of Thrones hasn't even seen that popularity as well. Um, with a lot of people who like the books uh, having problems with the TV show and people who like the TV show not liking what George R. R. Martin did with the books. So Lord of the Rings is one of those anomalies where just everything's sort of aligned perfectly. Peter Jackson, um, a New Zealand filmmaker, uh, who wasn't too popular in the 1990s. He comes from a very B-movie background, directing B-movie horror movies before he actually got the job on Lord of the Rings. Um and it's something that is quite impressive to see that his love for the source material has just trans it's transformed into something gorgeous as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. He co-wrote the original um, screenplays as well, which is also something that's quite impressive. But his love for that franchise is really uh, prevalent, and it's something that you can really see just burst onto the screen. Um, and just the way that he brings these characters to life with just really, really solid writing, but also one of the best casts uh, ever assembled. Uh, and it's something that's really impressive. And I guess it, it, it's something um, to note as well is just the the location shots. Jess got to go to New Zealand, which mm-hmm. was pretty cool, and see some of those locations firsthand, which I haven't done. Um, so maybe tell us a bit about Hobbit Town. What was, what was that like? Um, it was just basically like a little garden village you kind of walked around into it was built into this side of the mountain and they had all the little i'm assuming they've got a name the little nooks they live in um with the little red doors and the yellow doors um and so yeah basically you just walk around you go into the little huts they had um an area um down the bottom of the hill which had like almost like one of those flag post things where kids run around with ribbons is that part of the movie? I'm not not sure, but they had that as well. Um, and then they also had this bridge thing that you walked across and some of my friends were getting super excited about that because that's where the wizard man, Gandalf, Gandalf, what is his name, Gandalf, <laughs> um, that's where he hung out a bit and we went to the, the little pub place that they had drinks and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I can appreciate how like spectacular the movie would be just based on visiting that set and how realistic, like it was, none of it was fake. It was all built into the mountain, like there were real um, buildings and things. It wasn't like they just knocked up a set and then pulled it back down. So if you do go to New Zealand, you can see the whole set, how it was, and then 
um, you move around to different sections of the farm that show where different parts of the movie were filmed. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's something I definitely want to go and check out. But like you mentioned there, the the sets themselves, it, it, that's something again to note with Peter Jackson and what he did with Lord of the Rings is that I guess at the time, that turn of the, the um, millennium there in the late 90s and early 2000s, we had one end of the spectrum where George Lucas comes back to Star Wars and just creates completely CGI worlds. It's Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor running around a, a blue screen where you then cut to what Peter Jackson was doing with Lord of the Rings and he was putting a stronger emphasis back on just the, the practical with beautiful big sets that he was building um, beautiful makeup effects too. Just the way that some of the characters just look is just completely amazing. Um, and even the blending then of CGI, we have one of the first renderings of a CGI character with Gollum brought to life by Andy Serkis through motion capture, which is just something that's really, really special. And I, I think that that performance from Andy Serkis will go down um, as one of the best performances of all time for what he was able to do um, with the aid of um, special effects there too. But it's just that seamless blending of the, the practical with that CGI. And it just it, it just looks so good. Even to this day, it just still looks fantastic. I'm holding at the moment the 4K uh, trilogy, which was sent to me by Sanity, which I'm really looking forward to watching these films on. But this is something that's pretty special as well, is to actually watch these films um, on 4K because it's the first time that they have been available on this format. Um but yeah, you, you have a look at, um, I, I guess, what it was able to do. So just on the back, it, it breaks down the Academy Awards one. Uh, Return of the King, of course, won Best Picture, which is something that's quite bizarre when you think about it. You have a look at the films that win, and very rarely does a big blockbuster film win that, uh, that accolade. But it, it's just what Peter Jackson was able to do with Lord of the Rings. And I, I suppose when you see it, you can really understand why. It's just it's filmmaking at its finest, where it's just not the... It's not just character, it's not just the story, it's just not the special effects, it's the blending of all three of these things in something so special. And I remember um, a couple of lists that I, I watched many YouTube channels and I remember um, people talking about their fear when The Two Towers was coming out because it's the weaker out of the three books, fans will tell you, but it's also, I, I guess, after Fellowship of the Ring, people didn't think that they could follow it up and, and The Two Towers managed to do that, which was quite spectacular. All fil three films as well filmed back-to-back, -back, which hadn't been done before, which is something as well that's extremely impressive. Um, the, the shoots were long. They were there for a very long time filming these movies and New Zealand isn't the most friendly of landscapes to film things with weather and the harsh cold definitely impacting shoots. They had some rainy days where they weren't able to film and things like that that definitely impacted um, but I guess the studio's belief in Peter Jackson, which is something to note because a real first-time director, Peter Jackson handling, you know, a couple of B-movies from the, the 90s, he wasn't this huge Hollywood director, but they gave him a fair bit of money. Each film cost $93 million on the dot, um, budgetary-wise, which sounds like a lot of money, but back then it really wasn't. Even in perspective today, the Hobbit trilogy, which was also filmed back-to-back, -back, cost... I think it was like three times the amount of those films. And you watch Lord of the Rings in comparison to the Hobbit movies and the Hobbit just doesn't stand up. And that's due to a lot of different things, um, mainly Peter Jackson having to rush into production with it. Gal Menro del Toro was originally meant to direct the Hobbit films. Peter Jackson didn't want to go back to Middle Earth. He wanted to do, explore other projects. 
uh, Del Toro pulled out because of creative differences. So they had a start, a start date to shoot and they said that they weren't budging on that start date. So Peter Jackson had to come into pre-production, start from scratch. And yeah, it was a rush production for him. So he relied heavily on CGI this time around. And some of the CGI looks fantastic. Smaug looks awesome. But the rest of the stuff, the orcs, it doesn't look fantastic. You look at the orcs from the Hobbit trilogy compared to Lord of the Rings, they look a lot better in Lord of the Rings, and that's all practical effects, which is pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's very interesting to really break all of that that down and just the filmmaking process and a, a lot of what happened um, during that turn of the millennium there. But, yeah, um, I, I guess, like you said, you're... Harry Potter fan, so Harry Potter being quite deep in mythology as well. Um, and Harry Potter is very versatile in its audience as well, I suppose. It's it's aimed towards a, a, lo- a lot more of a broader demographic um, than what Lord of the Rings is. Lord of the Rings is a bit more mature, I would say, in its presentation. It's definitely got themes that are a bit more heavy um, than what you get in Harry Potter, but it, it's completely different Um so it'd be really interesting to see your perspective of each of these films as mm. we move forward. Yeah, Harry Potter's more like a young adult grow up with the series where I think that's what Lord of the Rings is more, I don't know, I get from the look of the front of the movie covers and things like that, it looks a little bit more older. So maybe I've matured and maybe I like Lord of the Rings more. I guess it'll be interesting to see what you what you find with them because they are very... Um, they are very different. Uh, it's hard to compare. They're both based on very popular source material. But, yeah, it, it's interesting. I guess your knowledge of Lord of the Rings just comes through its presence in pop culture. Mm. You've got, um, like you mentioned, it's on a lot of memes. It's um, it's referenced in a lot of other TV shows and, and film as well. Um, it, it is something that's it's very popular. But it's something as well that I think um, it's going to be hard to replicate. Amazon are moving ahead with a TV show, which is interesting, but at the same time, I don't really care. I, I don't think that it can ever live up to what Peter Jackson and New Line Cinema did with this original trilogy, but it's very interesting too. New Line Cinema before this were only known for their romantic comedies and horror films. They came onto the screen with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and that was their big thing. So from them to branch out into blockbuster films was something that was very different at the time, and they really put all their eggs in their basket. They were they were really worried about not making the return on investment for these films because they were putting so much money into it. Um, and, yeah, this is what happened. So I guess it was a win-win for the studio. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be really interesting to see your perspective as we move through each of these films. So what we'll be doing for these films is we'll be doing a um, preview like we're doing now um, for Fellowship of the Ring. So this is just an overview podcast. Then we'll be doing a review of each of the films. So we'll be moving through Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers and Return of the King um, in the next couple of weeks, which we're both looking forward to. Um, a few other questions I have, I guess, is what are your expectations for it? What, what are you really looking forward to? What, what are you expecting to happen? Magic. <laughs> I'm expecting to have, I'm expecting there'll be a journey. Um, I'm assuming they go on a quest or something. Um, maybe the, maybe the creepy go- golem dude stole this ring and the wizard and the little elf are trying to get it back. I'm assuming the ring's very valuable um, from what you've told me that that um, Gollum thing goes through a significant change and he's consumed by the ring, so that makes me think that that's 
um, very important to a, what did you just call it, Middle Earth? Is that what the Middle kingdom, Earth. kingdom's yeah. called? Um, yeah, so I'm expecting that they'll they'll go on this quest to get the ring back. I'm assuming, I'm pretty sure there was dragons. I've seen dragons somewhere, so they'll come into it. Um, not sure if they have wands, but that, that um, Gandalf has a stick, so maybe that's a magical stick. Um, but yeah, I honestly really don't know because I haven't, I haven't even read the back of a book or I don't even, I don't even, haven't even read the back of the DVD, um, to say what kind of happens. So I haven't seen a trailer. So I'm very, very, you know, in the dark with the whole series. Well, that's why it's going to be interesting. I think, um, when you haven't really been exposed to something like that and then watching it for the first time, it's something that you become a bit envious of because I just remember my first time watching it. It's something really special. Um, it's it's like watching any of the classics for the first time. When you first watch Star Wars, you, you sort of want to savour it, but a lot of the, that's why you've got to be old enough to understand what you're watching because I watched Alien when I was very young. I watched Jaws when I was very young. I watched um, Star Wars when I was very young. So I didn't have the appreciation at the time for those films. I, Alien I watched when I was a bit older, so I do remember in Jaws as well. But... Lord of the Rings, I was old enough to appreciate what was going on. I just remember if you've watched free-to-air TV and you're watching a long movie during ad breaks and everything, you, you, you're you persevering because those mm. ad breaks are very long and they take a very long time to watch those movies. So I just remember watching them with Dad and it was week after week. We had to wait a week to watch the next one. I just remember the anticipation. It was on a Saturday night and they were starting at about 7.30 and not finishing till about midnight. So Way past my bedtime. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> It was it, it was a journey, but um, it was definitely worth the time, and I, I appreciated it. And I guess not watching it now for a couple of years, I'm really looking forward to revisiting Middle Earth, especially watching these extended cuts on 4K because uh, the extended cuts have always been the desired way to watch each of these films. There's a bit more detail in there than what is in the theatrical cuts, um, but the extended cuts definitely have that little bit of oomph, a bit more going on, which is something to really take note of and um, I guess it'll be fun to yeah revisit to that world again and really yeah go into the story so we'll be doing predictions at the end of Fellowship of the Ring so once we've um, I guess discussed that in detail it will be spoiler filled um, we'll go through some of the plot points and discuss the plot in detail as well as characters and character journeys and that sort of thing and Jess will give her predictions for the next film and yeah, we'll be able to go from there. So this is more or less just an overview of what we're what we're going to be doing, and yeah, just a bit of an introduction as well to Jess, who will be featuring on this series, which is pretty exciting. I'm not going to be very good at the predictions because I'm a sucker for red herring, so I will fall into lots of traps. <laughs> that's all right. That's that's part of the fun is to <laughs> sort of yeah explore what's going to happen and yeah i i guess it'll be fun to see what you think's going to happen and then what actually happens especially watching so i might take some videos as well um and get some footage of us watching just to put up on my instagram and facebook for a bit of fun um which will be yeah a, a nice little segue as well so i might get some footage there as a, a as a bit of um a bit of levity dur during the time to to uh, really yeah engage everyone too but um, yeah, we'll be doing a bit of trivia as well, I think. Um, that might be a bit of fun. Maybe we each come up with a couple of questions when watching um, the movie as well, just to ask each other to see how much we're paying attention. And It's four hours. It's a long movie. Sometimes it, we're going <laughs> to lose that, focus. That, that'll be fun, I reckon. So we'll do, we'll do three questions each of trivia as well, um, and we'll keep a tally to see who, who was paying attention during this journey. That's very unfair. 
with no. you. Your uh, movie trivia. That's all right. You can choose the question. So <laughs> you can distract me if you want to, and then I, I could not be paying attention, but you've you've seen what's happened. Oh, you'll just have to hide your notebook so I don't go looking. <laughs> um, but that will be, yeah, a bit of fun as well. So this will be something that, yeah, will be very exciting and will be something we do over the next couple of weeks. And Depending on how this one goes, we might even tackle The Hobbit afterwards, but I didn't want to do The Hobbit first because I think it really dampens the mood when you start with The Hobbit. Um, not that The Hobbit movies are terrible. If The Hobbit movies existed and Lord of the Rings didn't, I would say The Hobbit movies would be hailed as this classic, but the fact that Lord of the Rings exists before The Hobbit really does... Well, it's exactly the same as the Fantastic Beasts series compared to Harry Potter. It's always going to look shocking after you've seen the full, you know, the main spectacle. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out as well. So we're, um, yeah, we're looking forward to it. And maybe when the Lord of the Rings TV show comes out, we'll talk about that too. We'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, we're definitely starting with Fellowship of the Rings. So we'll be starting our viewing of that this afternoon. Um, and then we will be, yeah, doing a review of that during the week, hopefully. So look forward to that one coming soon. And if you have any questions or anything, you can email them through to ozmoviegeek at gmail.com. That's ozmoviegeek at gmail.com. And you can direct some questions at Jess as well. She'll be happy to answer them on air, I'm sure. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah, keep the spoilers out of the uh, out of the mailbox and off Facebook, please. <laughs> that would be very helpful. But that might bring this episode to a close. So thank you, Jess, for joining me. Any any parting words before we start this journey? Um, it's going to be a long haul for me, I think. Three, hour, three and a half hour movies, four hour movies are a lot for someone who can't sit still, so they better be good, is all I'm saying. I don't think you'll be disappointed. You'll just have to pay attention and try and stay awake. Um, but that brings this episode to a close, guys. So thank you all for listening. And until next time, peace out. Bye.